0: This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, ladies
1: and gentlemen, boys and girls, too. There we go, to Real Thank Heavens for the cough button. Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Moser, coming at you from the Fargo studios today. I'd like to thank Mark Holcraft for being with us. He's actually hanging around for a couple minutes here, executive director of Real Presence Live. And speaking of Marks, we have Mark Hart, the Bible Geek with us. Welcome, Mark. Hey, thanks for having me. You betcha. You know what I'm going to do, Mark? Mark, a uh, whole crash time is limited here, so I'm going to let it, Mark and Mark kind of have a little remarkable conversation
2: here for a couple oh, of minutes. Oh, that, that was smooth. <laughs> you like no, that? was smooth. <laughs> no, I just, uh, Mark, When I I was excited to find out that you're, you're joining us on Real Presence Radio for Real Presence Live, and uh, I it's one of those maybe maybe benefit of being executive director is I wanted to sneak in and just to say hi, um, but just a, a point of connection because, um, I'm not sure how many people in our listening area know about Life Teen Youth Ministry. And of course, that's been my touch point with you over the years. Um, so I'm excited. Thanks for joining us. But one of the things, just if nothing else for our listeners, um, what a gift you are to, to so many people in youth ministry, youth evangelization, youth and young adults. And you've been at it long enough now that a lot of those youth and young adults are becoming parents of teenagers and, and you know, dare I say grandparents. No, just kidding. Um,
3: oh, yeah. <laughs> you're not wrong, though. You're
2: not wrong. No, but <laughs> what a gift. And I know um, I was talking about you coming on with my wife briefly. Um, certainly, you've been such a gift to us. One of the things, that I still, as I connect with different people, connected to youth ministry over the years, I... I so quick to point to Life Teen Youth Ministry, but in particular your guys' staff, um, and I, don't, I just don't think people know this about Life Teen enough, the quality of the staff and the staff that I had interacted with, and I know a lot of the staff have moved on, but those key directors, presidents, vice presidents, um, you guys are doing great work, and it was huge for me, not just as when I was in parish youth ministry, but as a man, you know, uh, engaging other men, and uh, engaging marriage and family life. I just, I was such a gift to support you guys, to provide, and so to see you continuing in ministry in such a way, your gift to the church, brother, and it. Um, people need to know that. I'm just so thankful for what you're doing.
3: Oh man, I thank you so much. Just, you're so We've been friends for what, 20 years, 25 years now. <laughs> it's, it's been forever. Yeah, it has. But yeah, I. Yeah, I feel, I feel incredibly blessed. Uh, the, the, the soul, the caliber. Of souls and talents that, that the Lord over the years has assembled, both with former staff, current staff uh, at Life Team, is really, it, it's just it's a testament to the fact that the Spirit's in charge, you know, and a testament to the fact that uh, when you put um, talented, like minded, like hearted men and women together who really have a hunger for evangelization, they have a heart for young people. Um, Great things are going to happen. I mean, and and to your point, I mean, gosh, I've had this for a really long time. I'm in my 27th year of youth ministry right now. uh, And it's it's almost as though the the older I get, uh, and hopefully wiser, but the older uh, that I get. it, you know, it, you people you say, how do you, "How do you stay young? How do you keep a youthful perspective?" You hang out with you hang out with young people, oh, exactly. and you hang out with people who have a youthful spirit. You know, to have a child like a childlike spirit and childlike faith. So, I, I get, I, I, you know, I, I technically have the, the, the title of CIO, but I get to work with people far ta- far more talented, far holier than I every single day. And I just, I sit back and I'm amazed at, at the, the caliber of people, not only on our staff, but the caliber of men and women. That, that the Lord has called into youth ministry uh, in, in every corner of the country, every corner of the world. It really is. It, it's amazing. You know, the, the young church is very good. Hand.
2: Well, and amen to that too, the caliber of young men and women going into youth ministry. And then the caliber of these young men and women becoming priests and religious, and, you know, life mm-hmm. Teen has had a huge impact on that. And even I got, I got to head out here, Mark, but I just think of my connection to today's host with Tim Moser Life Teen, because Tim has been very involved in music ministry, utilizing uh, some Life Teen stuff over the years. And so it, it's been a common touch point for he and I. Um, so thanks for your good work. God bless you, brother. Love you. And I, I just hope, um, just give my best to the Life Teen staff and know that they have our prayers up here in the northern Midwest.
3: Absolutely. Well, really appreciate it. Love you, family, brother. Good talking to you.
2: All right. That was Mark and Mark with a
1: remarkable conversation. No, it, was, it was wonderful. And thanks again, Mark Holcraft, for, uh, for hanging around. I appreciate it. All right. You betcha. See, Mark Hart now. This is great. You know, interesting. As we're talking about this conversation, I'm thinking words. Words. You guys using words. Words are so important, aren't they? Tell our listeners about that. Why are they so important?
3: You know, I'm, I'm a huge word nerd. I just I love etymology. <laughs> I, like I, 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 I am. And, and um, you know, when I was uh, a teenager uh, going through, like, to my own parish, um, I was fortunate enough to have a youth minister who introduced me to the Word of God and, uh, and began to teach me how to read the Bible, uh, began to teach me how to um, approach the Bible, I guess, for lack of a better mm-hmm. term. And as I as I moved through college uh, and then into ministry, um, my my love for and my passion for Scripture just continued to grow. Uh, and I've been so incredibly blessed and so fortunate. That the Lord has put amazing men and women in my life, uh, far smarter, far more learned than I, uh, who have who have acted as as mentors, as guides on how to read Scripture, on uh, the best resources, that sort of thing. And uh, it just became a passion of mine. And I uh, really I believe that. If, most of us as Catholics, we, we most of us don't realize that we, we weren't raised to read the Bible. Most of us weren't. Mm-hmm. We, we were taking a mass, but, but most of the time, you know, we didn't, most, most of us didn't like sit down and have Bible study or open scriptures with our parents or our grandparents. It just wasn't in our Catholic DNA. Even though the Bible is one of the, one of the greatest gifts the Catholic Church has ever given in the world, and it's our greatest family heirloom. You know, it, 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 we, we would not have the Bible, 73 books, the canon. We would not have that without the Catholic Church. It was a Catholic Church through, over the centuries, through her prayer and discernment, who actually decided upon the canon of Scripture. So a lot of people are usually shocked to find that out. And, and uh, so a, a while back, many, many years ago, I, you know, I began studying Scripture, uh, teaching Scripture both to teenagers and adults and families, and it's just become a, a love and a passion of my life ever since.
1: Let's so go to with Mark Hart here from LifeTeen, of course, known as the Bible Geek, and, and you're a very humble person, Mark. Obviously, but you know, it's, it's so true. You know? I mean, when you hang around people, like-minded people, people who have studied, people who are deep in prayer with Scripture, oh, it, it makes a huge difference. And you know, speaking of Scripture and the Mass, you know, LifeTeen really tries to bring the two together. Maybe you can address this a little bit, Mark. A lot of people look at, well, the Bible is something you know, we, we kind of read at Mass. You know, they, they don't see the integral connection. The Bible is meant to be read in the liturgy. I mean, it's the you know, heart of Mass. So talk about actively participating in Mass and how we can do that, maybe some of the obstacles that we also face.
3: Yeah, you know, what's fascinating is most of us, I mean, if you stop and do the math, we have 167 hours a week between Sunday Mass and mm-hmm. Sunday Mass. I mean, <laughs> 167. And the Church, in her wisdom thinks and believes that in that 167 hours that we are actually reading the upcoming Sunday readings, preparing our minds and hearts for those, so that by the time we we get to Mass, it's not the first time we've heard those readings, when the Mm -hmm. lecture stands to to proclaim them. Now, really what happens for most of us is we're so busy, we're all looking for something to watch on Netflix 165 hours a week. (laughs) So um, by the time we actually get to Mass, unfortunately, most of us have never heard the readings before. Well, now, our entire first half of Mass, the liturgy of the Word... How successful, quote-unquote, that is, is all based upon whether or not the lector is literate and a good reader, and how good the homily is. Well, that puts a really unfair, undue amount of pressure on our priests, because not, they can't hit a home run every week. So I usually tell people, I like, say, hey, I want to start reading the Scripture What I start. Start with what you're already doing. Start start reading into the rhythm of the readings, the rhythm of the church's prayer every week. Breaking up in the Scriptures on your own, with your spouse, with your kids, over the course of the week. First reading psalm. second reading Gospel... So that by the time you get there, you've already you've already availed yourself of them. You know what's coming and what's supposed to happen, and your your heart and your soul are predisposed for what God wants to do. Because the first half of Mass, you're really supposed to set up the second half. It's not just supposed to be about communion. It's about so much more than that.
1: So true. A talk with Mark Hart here. Uh, Bible geek from Life Team, talking about the mass and some of the distractions. You know, I, I know for myself, ha- having a young child, you know, I mean, you talked about that, you know, if you only heard the reading for the first time and you know, the lector makes a mistake or, or a kid cries or, or your kid starts acting up, it's like, and you missed it, right? It's like, whoa, but if you've prepared, you know, both your, yourself and your family, now y- you can get back into the rhythm as you talked about it. That's that, that's so key. Um, yeah, w- what are some, some more maybe obstacles that you can see from people participating in the mass, Mark?
3: Well, you know, it's it's it is tough. I mean, we're talking about scripture. I mean, these are books that were written two thousand years ago, four thousand years ago. I mean, a twenty first century mindset. for we're all we're all these human doings. We're running around crazy, right? Trying to trying to you know open back up from COVID and get our lives back together, get our finances right, I and mean, look at all look at everything's going on in the world. I don't know about you, but by the time it get to nine o'clock, I mean, I've got four kids. By I get to nine o'clock, I've got one neuron firing. I'm lost. You know, so the idea of of being able to open the, the scriptures without a guide, without any help, and thinking that we can read a 4,000-year-old document with a 21st-century mindset when we're half asleep, that doesn't seem very realistic. You know, that, that's right. That's you you're, you're hear about places that no longer exist on a map, mm. names we can't pronounce, and, I'm, and what we're usually sorely lacking is context. You know, we we might have the content and those some of the stories, but context. You know, how, how do these stories all fit together? What are we supposed to take from these? in the 21st century. And that's why I think it's really important. There's so many resources now available that weren't available five years ago, 20 years ago. So we actually have no excuse as Catholics. There are plenty of things that we can use to open up our minds and hearts to, to better understand the Word in a way that we never have before.
1: So to talk with Mark Hart here about the Bible, the Mass, the Scriptures, you know, one of the things that I love about the Mass, there's so many things, Right. But this idea, yes, we have the liturgy of the Word, the liturgy of the Eucharist, but really they, they go hand in hand, like, like hand in glove, right? So it's basically two aspects of this same great liturgy, isn't
3: it? It Absolutely, is. And what, really, the, the liturgy of the Word is, is meant to prepare us to, I mean, this is, this, is, this is God the Father bringing all of his children around the dinner table, and before he serves the meal, he's going to share wisdom with us. He's going to share life lessons with us. He's going to share his very heart and his very mind with us. And that is so essential that we understand this is how we come to know and understand how God moves and breathes and thinks and acts. And it's so important because the fathers, he still has, he still has grace. He still has wisdom. He wants to pour out on us and he does that through his word like any good father or grandfather would.
1: Absolutely. And then, of course, as we move on to, to, to the liturgy of the Eucharist, I, I love how you said it, Mark, the liturgy that prepares open heart, the Holy Spirit prepares our hearts for this truth, this beauty that is coming now when Christ is fully present on the altar and then we get to receive him and enter into family as adopted sons and daughters.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely right.
1: Wonderful. Uh, you know, I, when I think about it, yeah, for, about what ages are your kids by any chance, Mark?
3: I'm, I'm I have twenty down to nine right now. Oh, so t- I've got i mean, I've got college age, high school age, elementary school age. They got
1: it all. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. How, how, how God has done that. Well, this is great, and of course, we want to encourage parents. You know, you're not alone if you think that you know your kids are distracted. You're distracted, you're distracted you find us was well, that just the words of consecration? Or how was I was thinking about this? It, it you know it's okay. We're human. But when we come back after the break, uh, Mark's written a book. And he's going to give us concrete ways that we can prepare our hearts, ourselves, our families for the weekly Mass. We'll do that right after this break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. And we'll be back right after this. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live,
0: where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.
4: This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. When Jesus says in the Beatitudes, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, He is blessing those of us who are coherent and consistent and committed in our faith from the inside out. The commitment we have in our hearts is readily observable in our behavior. No duplicity, no hypocrisy. The Catechism of the Catholic Church says there are those who have attuned their intellects and wills to the demands of God's holiness and are pure in heart, body, and faith. No compromises, no straddling the fence, no being someone in church and someone entirely different in the world. Purity of heart is a precondition for the vision of God purity of heart calls us to full integration of god's kingdom in our whole lives are you sold out for the lord
1: catholic way bible study peace power purpose find out more at
3: cwbs.org god made you for a purpose he made you to accomplish some great work What did he make you for? What were you really made to do? Realize your vocation with a degree designed for the Catholic professional. The University of Mary offers online undergraduate and graduate degrees steeped in the Catholic intellectual tradition. Start today in business, nursing, bioethics, education, counseling, applied
0: theology, and more at catholicprofessional.life. Did you know you can listen to all your favorite local shows like Awaken and Real Presence Live on any podcast platform such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Amazon Music? Just search for Real Presence Radio on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes in the future. And don't forget to give us a good rating so others can discover the shows. Listen to your favorite RPR shows anytime, anywhere by subscribing on any podcast platform. Just search for Real Presence Radio today. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local
1: area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. All right, thanks for staying with us. My name is Tim Mosier, your host today for Real Presence Live. Coming at you from the Fargo studio, we're talking with Mark Hart, the Bible geek. And if you're going to be a geek, I think a Bible geek is a pretty good geek to be. Wouldn't you say, Mark? <laughs>
3: <laughs> that, that is the
1: whole That's the idea. Exactly. Well, Mark, you, you've written a new book, uh, One Sunday at a Time Preparing Your Heart for Weekly Mass. Why don't you tell us about the inspiration for this book?
3: Yeah, you know, I just, I found that in my own life, and this is, I mean, again, we, we all have different seasons of life, right? So when I yep. had little, little, you know, like, and I was always the one standing in the back at Mass and holding the, the demoniac kid who was going <laughs> crazy, you know, and, I mean, it was. I would be straining to hear what was happening. It would be almost impossible to hear the readings, you know, to to get much out of the homily. And oftentimes, I mean, you're still receiving communion. You're still receiving Jesus and the and the priesthood and the people and the word. But it was just, it was hard. And I remember, I remember like saying that there's got to be a way to get to get more out of this. You know, for lack of a better term, right? There's got to be, there's got to be some other way. And and I started, I, I, I at the time, I started saying, okay, I'm I'm gonna. I'm going to be more intentional about how I prepare myself for Mass, not just with the intentions that I bring, but I, I got to a place where I just, out of personal necessity, I need to start reading the Scriptures ahead of time, because there's no guarantee I'm going to hear them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was almost <laughs> this wonderful <laughs> grace and gift from God. It wasn't intentional on my part. It was just, it was, that was the intentional was to, to, to be able to, to know what the readings were, because I probably couldn't hear them. But what ended up happening was, the more that I started reading the Scriptures before Sunday Mass, the more I got out of Mass. It blew my mind, and I, I, I'd forgotten this really basic premise, I think many of us do. God is not ever outdone in generosity. You can't outgive God. <laughs> if you give God 10 minutes or 15 minutes, he's going to give you so much more in terms of his grace and his life and his love. So the, when I started getting in this rhythm, I was, I was amazed. I was blown away. My mind was just absolutely... Uh, was just swimming because I got the me I started reading the readings ahead of time. Mass came to life so much more in my life. Mm-hmm. And then then I started, you know, we, then my wife and I would start reading the readings. We would pour a glass of wine one night We week we'd read the readings together. We'd talk about them and it blessed our marriage. Mm-hmm. And then as my like, kids got a little bit older, I started trying to unpack the readings with them a little bit. You know, and I found there all of a sudden they were paying better attention during Mass. You know, they, were, they were sitting up and uh, sitting back, you know, and it was just it blew my mind. People would come up to me after a talk or you know, they would, they would ask me online, hey, what's the secret? You know, how do you get more into Scripture? How do you get my, my, how in my marriage, my family, more into the Bible? And I would just tell Catholics, hey, start with what you're already doing. You're already going to Mass. There there's a rhythm to the Sunday readings. There are these cycles that the church puts together. Just start there, and you're going to see yourself. You're going to see the blessings. And it's, I, I've, been, I've been telling people this and teaching this for, for years and years and years. And finally, I just said, you know what? There are a lot of people... Um, who who want to read? I really believe there's so, so many Catholics who want to read the Bible. They just, they've never been taught. They don't know how. This is why things like Father Mike Schmitz, he's a good friend, his Bible News podcast, I think was so successful. It's not that Catholics don't learn the scripture. They just need something to help them. They need a guide. They need a rhythm. They need a, a plan or a program. And that's what was with the impetus for this new, my new books, One Sunday at a Time. The idea is if in just, you know, 10 minutes a week, you know, if you can take this book, it's three or four pages per Sunday. There's one, you know, entry for every Sunday of the year. And, you know, we start our new liturgical year in the first Sunday of Advent, just a couple weeks. The idea is, if you can just take, you know, ten minutes a week, read these three to four pages, and, and every entry, it's sort of, I, I try to um, give you an opening prayer, and then sort of, hey, here's the strand, here's the theme to look for, that ties together the first reading and the gospel, or the second reading. Here's some behind-the-scenes things. Hey, don't get, don't get overwhelmed by this word or this term over here, because it, it, you, know, you, can, you can go off the rails, don't worry, or, or maybe, hey, this is what this term means. And this is why it was such a big deal when Jesus said it. Or this is what this term means, and this is why, you know, when we hear about Abraham, why this detail is there. And then being able to, to unpack it. Hey, here's some discussion questions that can I do with a women's group, a men's group, couples' groups, as spouses. Here's some, or, or if you're doing your own, here's some, some journaling questions. And then here's a challenge. A weekly challenge, a very practical something you can do to really live out the truths, live out the wisdom that's being shared through the reading. So the idea is just to make it as practical as possible, as accessible as possible, so that any Catholic, even if they have absolutely no background in the Bible, can get more out of the first half of Mass.
1: So true. Talking with Mark Hart here about his new book, One Sunday at a Time, Preparing Your Heart for Weekly Mass. <laughs> the Three things struck out with me, Mark. The number one, Intentional, Absolutely. We need to be intentional about this. Why, do you, why are you gone from 4 to 6 on, Wednesday, on Thursdays? Well, that's my kid's soccer practice. i got to be there. Oh, you're intentional about that, aren't you? Okay. We're intentional about so many things in our lives, right? Intentional. Second thing, structured. You know, like you said, whether it's a Bible to need or whatever it is, you have structure to it. And finally it's practical. I love those three things about it, Mark. That's my, my three takeaways from that. That's wonderful. Talk a little bit about the structure of the book itself. I guess you kind of have, uh, anything else you want to add about that?
3: Yeah, you no, know, it was the, the idea again is, you know, it, you can go as deep as you want to go, mm-hmm. or you can, you can just kind of, you know, approach it just very simply. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the idea is is just to get us thinking, just asking questions. It's so easy to go in and go into autopilot. Either you know, yeah. Maybe you get into Mass and it's sort of, hey, here's the Transfiguration. Well, I've heard this story a hundred times. So mm-hmm. You kind of go into autopilot. Yep. Or you get into Mass and it's just saying, oh, you know, God came from the land of the um, Amalekites and the bites and the Gigabytes. <laughs> and you're going like, what is happening right now? You know, like, I, I, mean, I don't know what an Amalekite is. Why does it matter? It's, like, it's 2022. Have you seen the news? What, what's going on? You know, and you're thinking, is the church out of touch? No, she's not. Because this this is our, our greatest family heirloom as Catholics is the Bible, the I mean, Scripture, and the sacraments. This is how we come to know the heart and mind of God and the mercy of God and the love of God. And it's I mean, there's a reason that the Church, in her wisdom, says, "Hey, make, you know, keep holy the Sabbath. You know, not just make it to Mass, but give your day, give your Sunday to God, give your whole day." to God and to your family. I mean, this is, you know, Monday wouldn't be Monday if we took Sunday more seriously, right? Like yeah. if, we, if we really like entered into Sundays, yeah. we wouldn't be complaining about Mondays because we you know that the hymns would still be falling from our lips. We'd, we'd be getting in the traffic on Monday even if we don't want to go to work. We get into the traffic saying, no, Yo, but you know what? But I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. God knows me. God feeds me. God loves me. God desires to be in a relationship with me, mm-hmm. an intimate relationship with me. And that's what the mass is supposed to be. It's a family coming around a family dinner table for a meal. We make it so much more difficult than it really is. Yeah,
1: so true. Talking with Mark Hart here about his new book, you know, Mark, it's one thing that comes to mind as you're talking there is, you know, in culture we say the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and our week begins on Monday. We go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. No our week begins with Sunday. That is the, that is the form, right? That is the, 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 the template, right? And I think if people get that idea, it's not something we do at the end of the week, just have to add it on. No, I got Monday. No. Like you said, we go to Mass. We live at Sunday. We make it holy. That gives us everything the rest of the week. And then Church and Her Wisdom, Saturday, that's Mary, Mama, right? We're topping off the week. So I'll, that's helped me to think of the week structured that way.
3: Absolutely. I mean, God ordered the cosmos to the Sabbath. Yeah. We're supposed to order our weeks to the Sabbath. It is the spoke. It is the axle that everything else is supposed to revolve around. And when we can keep Sunday's primary, where it's not, just a, it's not a day just to catch up on yard work and mm-hmm. go grocery shopping, those things have to happen. But if we keep Sunday's primary, and we make them about God and about friends and family, and we keep that in right order the rest of the week had the tendency to work itself out and all the other stuff will get done. But we have to make it primary and mm. have to be intentional.
1: So true. That's right. Mark,
3: where can people get the book? You know, uh, you can go to Ave Maria Press. There's, there's a, a special right now. We can get free shipping on the book. You get a discount. You can go to Amazon or wherever fine Catholic books are sold. The, the, the people at Ave Maria did an exceptional job on it. It, it looks and feels beautiful. And it's the kind of thing that you'll be able to use every three years. because you have a three-year cycle. So right now, you, you'll be able to use it for this entire year coming up. And then you put it on the shelf. It's a beautiful hardcover book. You can pull it back down in a couple of years. And right now, I'm working on the next one. So it's kind <laughs> of a labor of love.
1: That's great. Well, Mark, thanks again so much for seeing Yes to the Spirit. And God bless you and your family and your work.
3: Oh, so appreciate the time. Thanks so much. All so right, you.
1: that's Mark Hart. You betcha. Wow, Rachel, look at that. We did it. We did. I, I suppose as, as good as this show was and exciting as it was, we probably have more coming up, don't we?
5: We do. So on the next Represence Live on Thursday from nine to eleven a.m. Central, Karen Solensky and Father Josh Eli are your hosts coming to you from the Cathedral of the Holy Spirit in Bismarck. They'll be talking with Father Bob Schreiner about an opportunity for Eucharistic healing of marriages and families. And Shane Kapler will be sharing about the biblical roots of a Marian consecration. All this and more is coming on the Next Your Presence Live Thursday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central.
1: That's great. So, Rachel, let's chat for a minute, okay? Okay. So, tell us a little bit about you were kind of an assistant director for Search Weekend this weekend, is that right? I was, yes. Tell us a little bit of history about Search and and what it's done for your life.
5: Well, I first went to Search um, when I was 16. I was a junior in high school. Um, I went because I had a lot of friends who were going. And it's just a really good peer-to-peer retreat. Um, once you go for the first time, you're considered a new searcher, and if you come back after that, you're then on the team that helps put on the weekend. Um, so I've been able to do a lot of different roles, give sharings, lead small groups, that kind of stuff, mm. um, and maybe, maybe lead one in the future as well. So
1: that's great. So you'd recommend that to your our, our youth here?
5: Oh, definitely. Yeah, it was really good for me in high school, and I'm I've. It's been about four years since I went. Um, the first time, but I still enjoy it. I still get something out of it. It's an opportunity for ministry. Um, so, it's amazing.
1: Great, great. And talk about your time here at Real Presence Radio. Now, you've been here for how long now, about?
5: About three months. Okay. Yep.
1: So, what, what's been some of the highlights so far? What really jazzes you up about this?
5: <laughs> I like pushing the buttons back here.
1: <laughs> you like pushing um, people's buttons? Is that what you're saying? No, I'll no, talk no, to no, your no, dad no, and mom no, about no. that. Oh. I,
5: like, I like playing the music and ah, fading it out. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Um, I also... It's just been a really cool learning experience. Mm -hmm. Like, this is Mm -hmm. nothing I've really done before. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been really cool to learn kind of what goes on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So,
1: Very cool. Well, my hat's off to you. It it, it seems like you are a person of, uh, you know, you you want to to do your job well, and Mm -hmm. you you really get into it, and, and, and you're very professional, I guess is what I'm saying. But you're also very polite and nice, so I appreciate that. Of course awesome well that wraps up our show today thanks again for listening to real presence live stay tuned for more real presence radio programming and take two with jerry and debbie is next thanks so much and god bless you and remember to practice your faith every day god bless you you